eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. Back on it's always game day in Cincinnati. Lindsay Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I've never recorded a podcast right after an AFC championship loss. Uh that close of a game. Well, well, this is the first AFC championship loss in Bengals history. Yeah, that one hurts. Uh this is tough, man. This is really tough. I know there's a lot we want to get to in this game, and, and we're really kind of backing up from, from how the game ended. But how are you feeling right now? Oh, don't ask me. <laughs> Not good. Um, at first, I thought it was worse feeling than the Super Bowl, but I don't think it is. I mean, maybe it's just all cope, but I am at the point where I'm like, well, you took maybe the best quarterback of the generation to the wire in a classic AFC championship duel. You did end up deserving the loss with how the ending happened, but kind of stunk to get there you had your chance to win and it didn't work out um would much rather lose like this than how the 49ers lost i guess where you just feel hopeless by the second drive of the game yeah i mean there's so many things you can point to in this game um i think if you're an nfl fan outside of being a chiefs and Bengals fan you're, you're watching that and you're like whoa we're getting kind of a classic here it felt sloppy at times for for both teams but when it's 20 all down to eight seconds in the game. It's absolutely incredible. There were chances for the Cincinnati Bengals. There were chances for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, there are a lot of times, and 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 I think we're going to spend between now and, and until they get to training camp in July, looking back at, at some of the moments where, you know, you could capitalize. But one thing I definitely want to start on uh, right now is Joseph Asai. One of the things we've talked about, I think, and even on our last few podcasts, is what the role Joseph Asai we have seen on the defensive side of the ball. He was someone who missed his rookie year due to an injury, and the only thing we remembered from him is he sacked Tom Brady in the preseason. And unfortunately, I, I, honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of the the CBS cameras on him a couple times towards the end of the game when he he gets that late hit on Patrick Mahomes when he was out of bounds, and it obviously puts their kicker in field goal range. Personally, I think the kicker was going to make it from wherever they were at the time, but Joseph Asai gets that penalty and he's crushed. And 
he's getting hammered right now, but I think you can look back on a lot of the games this year. They wouldn't be in the position they were without the season that Joseph Asai has had and, and, and the way he's kind of stepped up for this defense. Yeah, you could look at this game. Um, off the top, third best defender in this game. He was probably the only pass rusher to get consistent pressure. Um, affected a lot of plays. Would have had sacks, but Mahomes can do weird stuff. Throw the ball as he's flying around. Uh, not always complete those, just they don't count as sacks. And I guess receivers in enough of the area for those ones. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he had an awesome game. And this is why to me it feels so much like the 2015 loss is now perfect has a history and everything like that. But you lose on an unnecessary, the nail in the coffin is the unnecessary roughness call. You don't lose because of it. There's other reasons you lost. But the nail in the coffin to drive them 15 yards closer is an unnecessary roughness call at the end of the game from a guy who played spectacularly. So that's what kind of stinks. Um, I don't think it was malicious or anything. I just think it was boneheaded. Uh, just don't extend your arms and nothing gets called there. But if you're going to blame Osai, I don't think you're right. Look back at how that Chiefs offense was going on those last few drives. And you tell me if you think the Chiefs could score from the 30. I don't think so. And the reason I'm bringing that up is the punter had a really bad game today to me. I, and yeah, the punts are going far. Like, I think that's why some people are like, no, he didn't. It's the coverage. But they're hanging up there for like two seconds. He's, he can't get any hang time on it, and there's no directional kicking either. And I think these these were the two main issues when he talked about keeping Huber is he could directionally kick well, and he could put hang time on it. And Crispin's never had the hang time, and he never developed the directional kicking because ugh, a lot of stupid complaints here, but <laughs> it's punning. Who cares? But look, I'd be looking for – I wouldn't say Crispin has a job next year just because that last punt – long yeah no hang time and right down the middle just if that's 10 yards shorter of a punt but it goes out of bounds who cares like i don't think the chiefs score they don't have enough time and mahomes wasn't mahomes in by that point but you could also blame the offensive line they're probably the main culprit if you took the entire game into account they ruined the first quarter and they gave up the final sack it was these weren't coverage sacks bro hits bottom of his drop and he's getting hit Eventually, and it sucks, just like last year, the offensive line did fall apart in the playoffs. Um, kind of sucked that they gave us all that hope last week that they were like, oh, maybe this offensive line can just but play we well. We knew. We, I feel like deep down we knew there was a big chance this could happen, and it did. Uh, three missing starters. Hard to overcome, especially when Spagnuolo is doing a good job of getting Chris Jones – opportunities to rush the passer one-on-one -on -one. so it stings and it sucks but I do think you lose like this you make it this far without your offensive lineman starting without your number one corner it's going to be a different team next year we know Bates is gone you got to wonder how big is the hit going from a veteran Jesse Bates to a rookie Dax Hill but this team's set up to make the run again. And just if you get the injury luck, if you get a little bit of just that luck in a game, the game's different if a few things bounce their way instead of the opposite way. If there's a block in the back called on that punt return, if there's 
Um, if, well, I will say if the officials on that third down that we should probably talk about don't have one of the worst moments I've ever seen from an officiating crew. I, I will say this. Look, when you're a Bengals fan and you're watching this game and, and you have a rooting interest in your team winning, um, believe me, I've said plenty of terrible things about the NFL officiating because it's bad. It just is. It's a bad product in an NFL that's a billion-dollar industry. I'm not blaming this on officials as a whole, but there are moments where it is an even match in a game. It is a one-score game, and you can't mess up that badly. Zach Taylor has had to be livid several times this season with officiating. He's had to speak up, and I'm sure the guy's getting fined behind the scenes. And, and you could see him on the sideline just absolutely just livid with them, needing explanation. And I've never seen – and of course, more eyes are going to be on this because it's championship weekend from NFL players who play in the league now to rivals in the AFC North. I, I said it before we recorded TJ Watt is even speaking up of like, what is going on with these officials from national broadcasters speaking up and, and just saying like, what is happening? They were very confused. They're like, look, if I'm Cincinnati, I, I'm livid right now. And that is crushing. There are opportunities you capitalize capitalize on, and if the ball bounces your way, then yeah, we look back on it and say, "Man, they got away with they got away with that one." <laughs> or I just dropped my phone charger there, uh, but uh, but but we we look back on it and say that was ugly. Got away with it. Still living about an NFL officiating, and, and and I'm not trying to just blame it all on that, but man. I'm very confused with, with what happened when the defense had to stop them almost nine times on that third down. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And thank God the ball doesn't lie and they did get the stop. But yeah, in the moment, that was... I couldn't believe it, to be honest. Because this all started because they spotted the ball wrong half of a yard. So they do that, and then they try to blow the play dead. Well, try in quotes here because, oh, my God, the official comes from the sideline, waves his arms for half a second, ball snap, and he just kind of puts his hands on his hips. He's like, well, they're, the boys are going. <laughs> Might as well watch. They can't see me. Like, no, you keep running on the field. Keep waving your arms. Keep blowing the whistle. This play's dead, then it's dead. I'd be mad if I was the Chiefs, to be honest with you, because Kelsey just took a big hit. And he has a back injury <laughs> for no reason. Then you got to do it again. And like, you're not mad because you get the do over and then you get that call on Mike Hilton there that even Gene Steratore, who mostly will side with officials was like, I don't see this. Um, you are usually allowed to get your hand on the outside hip as you come around. That is not a penalty. Uh, there is a lot of discourse that people don't know what they're talking about with pass interference. You're allowed to put your hand on a guy. It's when you restrict their movement. So if you get a turn, if you get a tug, if he's trying to go outside and your hand on him stops him from going outside, sure, none of that happened. 
and he comes across and makes a great play. That's what's so frustrating is Mike Hilton made such a good play on that. And now every grading service and penalty trackers and whatever you want to use is going to say he had a bad game, which he didn't play that great, but say he had a terrible game because of a defensive pass interference that gave him a first down on third down. Like, yeah, that's a huge difference. We talk about like expected points or anything. Um, but yeah, they got the stop. There, there are a few moments the Bengals had in this game. Uh, and for some reason, the one that always I told you about it earlier, but the one that keeps sticking out to me just because it shocked me so much was Jamar Chase not tracking the ball that hit him in the helmet. I, when I was watching that, it looked like, oh, he's, he's making a play on the corner and it just, he never found it. And that is Jamar Chase's best ability coming out of college was probably body control. But the second best ability was how insane he was at knowing exactly where the football would be so that he could set up defenders, make moves, do such late hands. He just didn't find that one. It was such a perfect throw. It hit him in the, hit him in the face, but he never got his hands up. I, I couldn't believe that. And then it was an interception on the next play, which arm punt, whatever. Yeah. You go from a 50-yard gain, though, to that. That's what stinks. Yeah, there there were times. And I kind of want to get more into Joe Burrow in our next segment. Um, but there, there are moments that you look at in that game offensively. It just really felt like it took a minute for the offense to settle down. Uh, we obviously know Arrowhead is a very loud stadium and atmosphere. This team is very familiar with it. Look, that primetime crowd might be a little louder uh, than it normally is, even though it's it's a crazy atmosphere. And, and credit to the fans. I'm sure it's really hard to play in and you get in that moment and look, this is the game you win and you're in. Um, there's, a, there's a lot happening. It really kind of felt like it took the offense um, almost, a, almost a half to really kind of get into it. It was, it was almost a half. Almost. I would say first quarter. I would say Definitely. first. Oh man, the Bengals also thought that offensive line would hold up. Dude. It wasn't just fans. You know, they, but, they realized after the first quarter it would not. But we talked about it. We talked about yeah. it on this podcast. We said, you know, there was a lot of like, but look how they did in that game, that backup offensive line. And, and we talked about it on here. We said if Jonah Williams and Alex Kappa are healthy, you still want them to go. If they are 80%, if they are 70%, you still want them to go in that game. Um, they weren't ready. And credit to the medical staff to say, look, we're not putting them out there in that situation. These guys are not ready to go back out there. So that's your offensive line. But we got to pump the brakes on, on one performance with, with the backup offensive line in the snow. Um, credit to what they were able to do against the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, you can look back on that and say, what a great performance against that D-line. But that's not Chris Jones. That's not that's not Frank. Like, like that's a whole different D-line that you're facing. That's apparently not Mike Dana. The strangest game wrecker. I mean, who who knew? There, the thing about it is, the thing that's absolutely insane, and I'm not sure if you had this moment because early on, I was like, "This O line is not Joe's not going to survive this this game." There's no, no I was worried about blowout early when I saw how the offensive line was throwing credit to Frank and Zach and Brian for finding a way to have an offense with that performance because I don't actually think the offensive line got that much better. I think they went to a lot of max protection, a lot of chips, early chips, not late chips, some split back stuff so they can get six man, seven man protection in there. But man, and it happened at the end. It's what killed it in the end, both the hold so that her big gain basically just puts them at the 25 and then the sack on that last drive. It, it was such a difficult drive and, you think about some of those moments like John Elway driving like 98 yards or whoever, but it doesn't always happen. 
Um, sometimes the guys around you fail because I felt like Burrow was actually fine on those. And then tried to finally take a five-step drop, sacked around the edge, pressure down the middle. Sucks. Mike Dana, though, I couldn't believe He was a game wrecker, and he was doing it to a starter. Cordell Volson just got smeckledorfed by Mike Dana there. I mean, that was what was amazing to me was – he stepped up. We needed a guy. The Bengals needed a guy to step up the way Mike Dana stepped up for the Chiefs. They they did. Um, you know, just I'm a credit to the thing is for how annoyed, you know, it, we can look back on some of the calls and things that happen in the fourth quarter. Um, the Chiefs did enough. They did enough. They were battling injuries out there. And that is credit to them. I truly think that the two best teams in the AFC were playing tonight. Um, I think you you don't always get that in the playoffs in the championship game. Sometimes a wild card team can go on a run or a guy in a divisional round, and, and that's just who you get in the AFC championship. I, I think you saw the two best teams. And the thing is, we'll see these teams again in January facing each other. We'll see each other next year. They're in regular season. Uh, they'll go back to Arrowhead next year for the Cincinnati Bengals. But this is just the beginning, and it's crazy to say that in Joe Burrow's third year. Um, it's hard to fall in an AFC championship game when it is the first time in Joe Burrow's career. His first full season was last year and he went to the Super Bowl and he lost in a crushing fashion by three points to the Rams. This game is always three points with the Chiefs. I mean, it's the same, same way to go down. So yes, right now it, it's going to, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be something that you move on from, I think as a fan base, I think as a team, um, it makes the months a little bit longer in the winter time before you get to uh, OTAs and uh, training camp for this club. Um, there's going to be a lot of conversations about contracts. I know we're going to get to more of that in the podcast later. There's more about Joe Burrow I want to get into in this next segment, though, on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.